Anybody here excited for this next year? Mm-hmm. I've I've been looking at. I'm going to preach on on some New Year's resolutions. Um, how many here? It's January third. How many here are still on your New Year resolution <laughs> from two years ago? <laughs> how many here have have already missed a couple? I had all these great ideas ahead of time. January 1st came by and it's like, I want to take a day off. (laughs) Um, I'm going to get to that, but I want to take a moment. And I just want to ask the Holy Spirit what He wants to do. I don't want to rush into what I want to preach I believe God gave me this word. I believe he's given me some wisdom. But one word that came to me this morning was breakthrough. So I want to take a couple minutes. And I want you to just think of that word yourselves. What is it? What is it that you're just craving to break through. What is it that you're just, oh, (laughs) just grabs you? What is it? I've been seeing some feeds from ministries, pastors. I had this funny experience. I I saw them all saying, this is a year of turning it up. This is a year of breakthrough. This is a year of of getting to the next level. And I had a cynical idea when I read that. Can, Can I be honest with you? I thought, why is everybody saying that? And then I started to think about it. And I started to read the scriptures and I found there's scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture about breakthrough, about his blessing, about his goodness, about him wanting the best for you. And I found very few that he's against you. And when I say very few, I mean zero. God is for you. So then I thought, huh, all these guys are saying this is going to be your breakthrough. This is going to be your the best. This is the year of, of goodness. And I was so cynical. And I thought, well, if I don't believe his word, what do I believe? Am I prepared to believe that this year is going to be a pathetic year? Just because I think so? When I have his word that says that it's, this is the acceptable year of our Lord. Do I believe that? And I started to think, no, I'm going to believe what his word says. I am going to believe what his word says says he's crowned this year with goodness. He never said he crowned it with badness. So I'm going to preach. But right now I just want you to think about the word breakthrough. Who here needs a breakthrough? Would you stand up for a moment? Stretch, everybody stretch your hands either to receive or to pray for those that need a breakthrough. Lord, I declare and I release right now breakthrough. 
I command those walls to fall down. Those strongholds are now defeated. Those barriers are no longer there. I declare that as a son of God, as a child of the king, that I am declaring the words of my father that it is done now and it is over. And I declare from this moment on, not tomorrow, but from this moment on, I declare clarity of thought. I declare a purpose and an intention in the mind that is clear. I declare all those chains are breaking now in the name of Jesus. And I declare breakthrough in the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the name that is higher above all other names. I declare that and I release that. And Lord, I come into agreement with that. And if you come into agreement with that, say amen. 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 Do you know you got to speak it? You've got to speak it. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a child of God. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am a child of God. I am a joint heir. I am an heir of the promise. It's funny, we, we watch shows on TV where they do that, and people actually do that that aren't believers, and they hype themselves up. They take five minutes in, the, in front of the mirror, and they hype themselves up. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. You don't need to take five minutes you can take, as soon as your foot touches the ground, you say, this is the day the Lord has made. I am more than a conqueror. I can, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And you don't need hype. You need Him. I might get hyped up, but I'm a little hyped up on the Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 You ready to receive this morning? Amen. Amen. Can I have a couple ushers? If you guys could come up here. I want to hand out something. I want to preach this morning. I want, I want to teach this morning. If you can divide that up between the two of you. I want to teach this morning about goals and plans. And I want to, um, I call it smart goals, and it's not something I came up with. It's something that... Um, is out there, but I, I like it, I, and, and I want to give you some thoughts. Because with the new year, there's usually a lot of optimism. Until about January 5th. <laughs> some of you, maybe tomorrow morning, you're back to the regular, like, I got to get up in the morning and go to work. Um, my son said I'm very practical. Yes, I am. I'm so practical, I gave you some notes today. You don't even have to write them down, but you can write them down. I want you to take this with you. Give, give one to the guys at the sound also. Um, do, you know, do you know that goals are in the Bible? When I, I'm going to use the word goals, and I'm going to use the word plans, and, and, and they're, to me, in this sermon, in this teaching, they're kind of synonymous. So if you turn in your Bibles, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 16. Now, oh, that's cool, son. This S has got a bullseye. It's very specific. This, this M is, he's going to measure things. This A, you see how you're achieving things? And, and do you realize how it goes? It goes up, down. I was talking to Matthew about, he was sharing with about buying a house. And sometimes you get this idea that buying a house is like from here to there. And he was saying to me, buying a house was like from here to... <laughs> you get there. Don't ever think it's just a straight path to where you want to go. Because life has a way of, 
of, of having fun. And then R is for realistic, and I, I got two circles, one for the impossible and one for the possible, and the best way you can do it is you got to stretch for the impossible, but there's a point where I believe the impossible and the possible meet. And then T is for time, and you can see it's almost running out, so I've got a bit short of time. But if you go to Proverbs 16, I want to share with you a few verses in there. The Bible is full of plans and goals. God told Noah, build an ark. He didn't just say build an ark. He gave him the directions. When God told Abraham to leave, he didn't just say leave. He says, I'm going to show you. Now, he took steps of faith, yes, but God directed him. So if you're in Proverbs 16, I better turn there. I love Proverbs. Proverbs 16, verse 1. We can gather our thoughts, but the Lord gives the right answer. In another passage, it might say something like, we we can make our plans, but the Lord gives us the right thoughts. So you can gather your thoughts. You can come up with ideas, but it's God that gives you the answers. And if, if I was... Oh, there he goes. The preparations of the heart belong to man. The, the first thing I want you to see with all these notes, if you can write on top of it, the biggest thing that you can think about for goals is always keep God in your goals. Do not remove God from your goals. You say, well, I want to lose weight. Good. Do it the biblical way. You say, there is a biblical way? Yes, there is. It talks about taking care of your body. Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Talks about don't do things in, in excess, but do things in moderation. There, there's some principles in the Word of God that even deal with losing weight. Monique was telling me Rick Warren from Saddleback is coming up here, and, and he developed this thing out of the Bible. God gave him some insight called the Daniel Fast, and it's about it's a whole... It's a whole aspect of how to live a healthy lifestyle. And he's going to be up here in about two or three weeks or something like that to share. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. When you commit your goals, your plans, your ideas, and your works to God, your thoughts become established. God is into plans and goals. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Plans to give you hope and a future and an expected end. Jesus came with a goal. He didn't just show up on earth and go, you know, get born and then go, oh, what am I here for? I f-. He had a goal. He said, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Time and time again, he said to his disciples, no, I've come for this purpose. I came to do the will of my Father. He didn't, even, he didn't even walk around without having a goal and a plan. His goal and his plan was to do everything that he saw his Father do. Guy says, how do you do it? He says, I only do things that I see my Father doing. And as a son, I know that I only did things. I watched my dad And I did things that I saw my dad do. How he handled things is how I modeled how I would handle things. That's a goal. That's a plan. It's not not flying by the seat of your pants. It's not like, oh, well, the Spirit led me today. The Spirit is very plan-orientated. In six days, actually in seven days, because the most important day, I believe, of creation is the day of rest. But the other six days, he created things that we still haven't figured out. People are still finding new species of this, new creatures. It took him one day to do that, another day. It took him six days and he created everything. We've been here for 6,000 years plus and we're trying to figure it out. The Spirit, he's, he's a planner. There is nothing that catches God by surprise. Proverbs 16, verse 9. 
it is, uh, we can make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Always keep God in your goals. Always keep God in your goals. Because when you keep God in your goals, you'll recognize when he's directing your steps. And you'll be more flexible. You'll be able to flow with things. You'll be able to understand a change in direction. Why? Because I've committed this to God and he's establishing my thoughts. And what I used to think would go this way, I realized, oh, I've got to change it a little bit, alter a little bit. The Bible is full of goals, of plans, of thoughts. There's a whole book in the Bible called Nehemiah about how to do things and how to plan things, how to see things established, how to work together. Nehemiah had a plan. He didn't just come up with this idea, I want to rebuild the wall. But as he's rebuilding it and as he's establishing it, he has some people doing He had to make changes. He had to adjust. God was directing his steps and he had to be flexible and move things, but he still had a goal. The book of Nehemiah is an amazing book about goals, about planning. Amos. It says Amos chapter 3, verse 7. I like this verse. This is a verse that I, I, I remind myself of a lot. Amos 3, verse 7. It says, For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. God does nothing. He doesn't do things without explaining and showing and revealing them to his servants. There's planning. God doesn't sit in heaven and say, Oh, I surprised you. When he sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I've got to go so that we can send him. Jesus' birth, it says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. God didn't just spin a wheel and say, let's see where it ends. Oh, it ended here. Let's, it says, in the fullness of time, God sent his God is very orderly. And yet, God likes to mess with us. There was order and there was chaos the day the Holy Spirit was released in Acts. So I want to I talk some, some things about goals. Specific goals. The word S is standing for specific. When it's specific, it is very clear. I'll give you an example of a specific goal. I'd like to lose 10 pounds this year. I'll, tell you a, I'll give you an example of an unspecific goal. I want to lose weight this year. That's not very specific. I want to lose weight. Well, how much weight do you want to lose? Well, if I lose half a pound, I've lost weight. It's, 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 there's not clarity, but, but there's a specific. So when you think of a goal, and Josh mentioned it this morning, he says sometimes you make goals just because, well, it's the thing to do. It's the beginning of the year. So I'm going to write out some goals. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to do this. Be specific. When you write a goal, be specific. A few years ago, I had a goal. Pastor Daniel had a goal and Brandon had a goal. We had a goal to ride up the 100-mile house. That was very specific. On bicycles. Leg power. It was a very specific goal. And I'm going to use that kind of as I, as I talk. What do I want to accomplish? And when I talk about goals also, I'd like to use the word Growth. Because sometimes if you have a goal, what happens is you get to the goal, and if you don't have a goal growth plan in place, you get to the goal, and then you can revert back to old habits. 
But if you have a goal with the idea that I want to grow, what happens is you get to that point and now your lifestyle has changed, your mindset has changed, your tendencies have changed, your habits have changed, and now you function and you live from a different place. That's why a lot of people who lose weight, lose weight only to put it back on again because they didn't actually change their lifestyle. They just joined Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers. And, and, it's, and it's great, but what happens is, is you can lose weight, but if you don't change your mindset, you hit that goal, and now you just throw off all the restraints. You say, I've met it, I've got it, I've done it. And you revert back into the habits that got you there. So when I talk about goals and stuff, I also want you to think about growth. Are you growing? Are you learning? Because when you reach a goal, if you haven't learned what it took to get there, as Pastor Nelson says, you may end up going around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain. But if you learn something and you grow in that process, you may change your habits. I grew as we did our bike riding. I grew. I learned I had to be a little more careful about the the lifestyle that I was living as in health-wise. Be specific. Is it measurable? Losing weight is not measurable. It's miserable. <laughs> but if you say, I want to lose weight, how do you measure? What do I measure it against? Does one ounce count? Does one pound count? And you say, well, I want to get healthier. Well, what does that mean? Well, I ate six apples this year. Last year, I ate four. How can you measure it? If you want to have a goal that you want to increase business, how are you going to measure that? Last year, I had a goal for the body that we'd see 12 souls saved because I figured I had to measure it. I don't want to just say I want to see people get saved. I'd like to somehow measure the progress. We saw, I believe, seven. And there may have been more, but there's seven that I was aware of. You say, well, you didn't hit your goal. You know what? We got seven. I don't know if we would have got that if we didn't try. We didn't fail. We learned. One of the, one of the ideas that I got out of that was, I believe each one of us became more Jesus conscious and more witnessing conscious and more aware of seeing him touch people's lives this last year than we were the year before. So your goals will take you somewhere. They were measurable. And you might not always hit your goal. I'm not beating ourselves up because we didn't. I'm happy we saw seven people get touched by Jesus and we changed their eternal destination. There's a crown in heaven, and there's a reward in heaven that we did something. And this year, I'm expecting more. I'm expecting 12. I'm expecting myself to witness to 12 people this year. I've put that as one of my personal goals. I want to witness to 12 people this year about Jesus. Not just in my... And I'm not talking about... Oh, I did it today already. No, I'm not talking about just people coming to church. I'm talking about people that I come across, people I know and people I don't know. But I want to share Jesus. I don't want to just say, how are you doing and give them a glass. I, I have a goal this year that I will witness to 12 people. It's measurable. It's specific. How do you measure your goals? People will sometimes fail because they don't measure. How, it's, it's a nebulous goal. Also, a goal is, is that... You don't want to make a goal that's not measurable. Don't make a goal that I want this person to do that to me. Don't make a goal that depends on somebody else to do it. Make a goal that you're responsible for. Neil Adams calls it blocking your goals. If I did have a goal that I wanted my wife to treat me in a certain way, and I did nothing, and she didn't treat me in a certain way, that's not a goal. It's not a good goal. But if I have a goal that I'm going to treat her the way Christ treated the church, now that's a goal I can do. I can love her unconditionally. I can care for her without any expectation or demand on her. I will just pour into her. Is it achievable? 
talking about the bike ride. The first time I told Winona that I wanted to do this ride, I just bought a bike two weeks earlier from Costco. $300. Just a run-of-the-mill bike. It was round wheels. It had pedals and handlebars, and it was heavy. But I started riding. I thought I'd like to get into riding, but I didn't want to spend $1,000 on a bicycle that would sit in the garage and collect dust. So I spent 300 bucks, and I said, I, I, just, I told Winona, I need to get healthy. My children, my two boys, had humiliated me in exercising, and so I figured I got to shape up. So I started riding, and two weeks, sometimes I say things without thinking. Have you ever done that? Think before you answer that. We're riding our vehicle up to the cottage, up through the Fraser Canyon. And I'm excited because I'm in shape. I've been riding my bicycle for two weeks. You know, and I'm always, and I look at Winona and I say, I want to ride the bike up to the cottage. And what was I thinking? I had no idea what I was saying. She looked at me and she laughed. That was the only time she laughed at that goal. After that, every time we rode up there, it was how are we going to achieve this? And what we started to do is we started to take mileage. How far can I make it? What is the hills like? We drive up the hill. There's one hill <laughs> I'm named after. And we would ride up that hill. <laughs> There's a summit. You can look. I'm not going to tell you the name. It starts with Jack. But, but the, there's a summit. And we're riding up that summit. And she looks at me and she goes, are you going to make it? How are you going to handle it? And she wasn't being silly. She's just saying, how, uh, you know what I did? One Saturday, I went with Brandon. We rode to the base of that summit. And we rode up that summit. Because I had to prove to myself that I could do it. But we started to see, how is it achievable? We started to break it down. She said, how can I help? I didn't, I didn't just ride the bike. Pastor Daniel just didn't ride the bike. We had Pastor Brenda and Pastor Winona in two vehicles. And they would, one of them would spot us and the other one would get food ready for us. What did they do? They looked at how can we make this achievable. If I said I wanted to go in the Tour de France, totally stupid. Don't set a goal that's ridiculous. Set a goal that is achievable. But I tell you, it pushed me. It pushed you. Set a goal that pushes you. Set a goal that stretches you. This year as you're looking at things, and, I, and I'm talking spiritually. There's spiritual things that I'm looking at. I, I want to read the Bible every year. That's one of my goals. How many chapters are there in the Bible? Does anybody know? There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. If you divide that into 365, you get 3.25 chapters a day. I don't read quarters of chapters. So I say, fine, if I read four chapters a day times 300 equals 1,200. So if I read four chapters a day, 300 days, I will read the Bible in three, one, 300 days. I'll actually have 65 days that I can decide what I want to do with. You can decide to take every Sunday off because you're going to be in the house of the Lord. You can decide, you know what, I'm going to do it and I'm going to get ahead. You've got 65 days, almost two months, two months plus. Break it down. Is it achievable? Well, I think I can read four chapters a day. If I sat down and said I'm going to read 40, 40 chapters a day, I wouldn't be talking to anybody for days. Some of those chapters are long. Make it achievable. Break it down and see how can I get there. Young people, you want to get into a house. You're in a house. You want to see your child do this or that. Make your goals and then set them. How can we achieve how we want to get there? That's biblical. I'm trying to give you biblical wisdom on how you can be successful in 2016 better than you've been successful any other year. 
just because you've learned how to become, is this achievable? How can I break this down? How, and, and don't be afraid and don't beat yourself up if your goals change. Last year, my goals got completely blown out of the water because of this thing called cancer. I don't care. You got to roll with it. Don't beat yourself up. You, 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 you learn how, to, and that's why sometimes the goals go like this. But are you, are you, Paul says, I'm pressing on towards the prize. Are you pressing? Are you moving? Are you going? What is that goal? Is it realistic? Is it realistic? Don't make it so simple. Well, this year I want to lose one pound. For me, it's realistic that I try to lose 10 pounds because I've been trying to lose it for a while and I haven't been too good at it. So it's a realistic, and 10 pounds on me would, would be okay. I, I, but, but set a realistic, don't set a goal, I want to lose 100 pounds when 15 or 20 is a good start. Have you grown? Have you learned? Is it realistic? So when I see this, what I see is sometimes there's a, there is a, it's a possible portion, but there's also got to be some impossible portion. Don't just look for the possible. Because it's possible anybody can do it. Stretch yourself and push yourself to go beyond what you are comfortable with to reach into something that is unrealistic and meet those together. And you may not get everything, but you're going to get this portion in the middle that's mutually inclusive, and you're going to get that portion, and you will see things that you never saw possible before. I believe it's possible, but sometimes we talk ourselves into making it impossible. Is it realistic? The bicycle riding, it would have been unrealistic for me to say, I want to compete in the Tour de France. But it was very realistic to say, I, could, I see guys riding that thing all the time. I got passed by a guy with a beard with more white on it than I had. I figured if he can ride faster than me, I can do things more. Push yourself. You never, I, I'm amazed, we, we think our limit is so far. What I have found in this last year with, with Winona is we thought our limits were there. And you know what, we got to those limits very quickly. And we had no choice but to go past them. We were talking, is it okay if I share about how you responded? Uh, with Well, each time you were in a, different aspect of cancer. When, when we started the chemo, there were two different types of chemo. The first four weeks, the first week, Winona said to me, I'm not sure I can handle this. She got by it. The next four weeks, they changed the medication. I don't know if I can do this. I mean, she was hitting limits. She had no choice. She pushed through them. Then she got to the, to the operation. I don't know if I can do this. Her goal was health. Her goal was recovery. She just said, I'm going to do it. She looked at radiation. She said, I'm not sure I can do this. She buckled down. And she did it. Don't look at things that you can't do. Look at things and say, how am I going to do this? How can I do this? And it wasn't just as simple as buckling down. There was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of support. There was a lot of, of talking with God, talking with others. But is it realistic? Is it? Do your goals, realistic goals, do they line up with where you're going in life? Does, it, does the, the, the goal that you have to, to learn a certain science is that where you're going in life? When I was 16 years old, I wanted to be an engineer. I went to college one year, two years. The third year in, 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 at UBC, I, I was in doing second-year sciences. And I got to the point at the end of that year where my grades weren't good enough to, to continue. I could have continued, but I wouldn't gotten every class that I wanted. 
And my goal was to become an engineer, but realistically, I wasn't happening. And I looked at things, and I said, well, I know my final goal is to become a pastor. That, that, that goal was in me before I wanted to be an engineer, and I knew that goal. So I looked at it, and I said, well, I can spend another number of years trying to become a professional engineer, or I can go to BCIT and become an engineer wannabe, and I can do that. And I can do that for a number of years till the time comes for me to become a pastor and then I'll be able to transition. And sometimes the goals you have, that was realistic. Now I believe in stretching, I believe in pushing, but, but be realistic. And I knew, that, I knew that was realistic just because of what I knew was in my heart. And the last one is timely. Or Time. Is there a time element? You say, I want to lose 10 pounds. Great. Well, how long was I going to take you? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I just want to lose 10 pounds. Will it take you a week? Well, if I don't get it done in a week, I'll get it done in two weeks. If I don't get it done in two weeks, I'll get it done in three years. Right? Put a time element. It makes you accountable. It makes you, it fixes the goal. Have you ever tried to hit a goal that's always moving? And you wake up and you well, I, oh, now it's moved. Uh, oh, now it's moved. So set a time limit. Give yourself, whether it's a month, I want to read the Bible in a year. That gives me a, a limit, time limit. And feel free to ask me if I've done it. I have no problem if you ask me, if I'm telling you I've, that's my goal. I'm going to do it. Make your goals, they, they're realistic, but put a time element. I hope I'm giving you some wisdom on how to establish goals and how to live with goals. If you want to get out of debt, don't set a time limit of one week, but look at it and say, you know what, if we do this over two or three years, we can do it by just changing $100 here and then $100, and $100, and then maybe $110. And it may take you three, three years. It may take you two years, but you can do it. But set a time limit. Set, set a goal, because when you do that, it brings all the math, and it gives you the steps. If you don't have an end, you've got no idea of how you want to proceed. Are you guys receiving this this morning? This is a bit more teaching than it is like, oh, David's jumping up and down with the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, you will achieve things and be more satisfied and more happy when you achieve a goal than when you set a goal that's completely unrealistic. And coming around it again, you'll be able to function in the power of the Holy Spirit because you won't be beating yourself up. There, I just connected the Holy Spirit to goals. Somebody can laugh. That was funny. <laughs> Smart goals. I want to give you a couple thoughts, practical advice. Um, make sure your goals are biblical or based on God's word. Keep God in your goals. Keep God in your goals. Don't make a goal. That, you say, well, I want to join a health club. Great, make a, join a health club. Keep God in that goal. Don't, don't, if you live a life separated from what God is doing, you will not see him working 100% in your life. In every aspect. If you say, you know what? I want to, to get into shape, so I'm going to go to the club. But Lord, give me wisdom, give me understanding to do this and help me. You might find that that is the greatest mission field that you could have. You say, well, I'm getting in shape. Yeah, but I'm also learning how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Keep him in, in your financial goals. If you want to increase your finances, start giving money to the Lord. Crazy plan, crazy idea. It's amazing. It's in the Word of God. Keep goals for your family. Oh, I want my family. We want to spend family time. Make the house of God your number one priority for family time. Schedule Sunday morning. Schedule it. 
I have seen my own lifetime I have seen from a child to the age I am now I have seen people who do not put the house of God as their number one priority Sunday morning and I seen the results and we have had people come to us people have come to Pastor Nelson and Pastor Louise people have come to Winona myself and they say why are our kids like and then you say where were you Sunday now there's football on You want a goal of a healthy family, keep God in that goal, and one of the major parts of that goal, one of the major pillars in that goal is attendance in the house of God. I will not apologize for saying this is the place to be. You will not get teaching like this anywhere else. You won't. Keep God in your goals. Financial, business, have your business goals that I will be a man of integrity. Pastor Nelson and I have talked many times, and he had business goals. He was a businessman in the plumbing industry and, there, and other industries, and there were times when he had a decision to make, and his decision was, I will be a man of integrity because his goal was to keep God in his business, and he made decisions to his own hurt in order to be a man of integrity. And he could stand before other people today and they can't throw rocks because he stood by integrity. Be a man of your word. If you say you're going to do it, do it. Even if it's to your own hurt. Set, set that as a goal in my business. Don't say, don't separate God from your life. Don't separate them. If that's the goal, I want to bring him into every area of my life, then do that. Whether I'm riding the bicycle, whether I'm walking down the street, whether I'm shoveling a ditch, whether I'm helping somebody out, whether I'm making hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of dollars, he is going to be in my life 100%. Don't set a goal without God. Don't. Don't. Be flexible. Allow God to direct your steps. Read Proverbs 16. I took three verses out of Proverbs 16. You read that chapter and there's lots of thoughts and wisdom about goals, plans, ideas, thoughts. Look at growth. Don't just look at the end destination, but are you learning? Pastor Nelson and I, I was talking to somebody this morning, and I said, did you learn? If you fail to learn, you're going to be doing it again. He looked at me and smiled, and he said, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Learn. Learn. Grow. Grow. Develop a practical advice about goals. Develop a lifestyle. Develop a lifestyle. Develop habits and develop disciplines. Don't... I sometimes get concerned when people get super spiritual. Can I be honest? I get, I get a little concerned. Well, I'm going to read the Bible every day. Great. For 45 minutes. Hello? So how did you do last week? Well, I read it for four or five minutes. But they said 45 minutes. Establish a lifestyle. It is better to take one step and accomplish it than try to take, like, like don't try to get over the mountain. Just take one step. If I can give you any advice, you get all gung-ho, you get all excited. Oh, I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this financially. I'm going to do this with my family. Just do one thing. Get that one thing taken care of. It's amazing when you get one thing taken care of, however many other things start to come into place. You say, well, I want to I get into the Word more. Can I give you advice as a pastor and as your pastor? 
Do it five minutes. Do it five minutes. I, I'm not asking you to do it for an hour. I'm not asking you to get up at 4.33 in the morning to spend 43 minutes with God. I'm asking you to, to take five minutes. And if that means you put it in the bathroom and you're sitting down reading, good, do that. Take all use of your time. If that means that's the only five minutes you've got, take five minutes. Don't say, I'm going to read the whole Bible. I'm going to memorize. I've got memorization goals this year. Pastor Daniel has challenged me um, in his preaching to memorize the scripture. Pa Daniel, you do an amazing job. Y you motivate me. He just gets up here and he shows off. <laughs> I mean, he just speaks and he starts talking and the Psalms and the Proverbs and the Word of God, but it comes out of you. I had a, one, a young fellow once say to me, he says, every time I ask you a question, you go back to the Bible. And I've been thinking, I need that in my life. I need that, like, percolating. I'm not going to tell you my goal yet because I'm still working through that one, but I've got a goal to memorize Scripture this year. But don't say I'm going to read and memorize the whole book of Psalms. Say I'm going to memorize one psalm. Start. Start. Oh, boy. Thank you, Lord. Uh, another practical advice about goals and growth and plans is change the way you think. <laughs> that, 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 that's a transformational key. Just look at Romans chapter 12. It says, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think about goals. Change the way you think about your lifestyle. Change the way you think, and you will see that some of those goals will start to become and, and uh, reached. And the last thing I'd say about goals, the practical thing, is celebrate every step. Celebrate the small victories. Man, if you read one book of the Bible and there's 66 and you read one, celebrate the fact that you accomplished that one. That's okay. Celebrate the victory. Celebrate what God is doing. I tried to bring the Holy Spirit into that as much as I could. He's in it 100%. Come on. I want to see you tell me at the end of this year that 2016 was the best year of your life. That you reached more, you accomplished more, you saw more happen spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, financially, family-wise, every area of your life. Why? Because you were able to take some goals and set them that they were practical, they were reasonable, they were specific, they were measurable, they're achievable, they're realistic, they're timely. And you won't be like everybody at the gym that shows up January 1st and then January 2nd, they're not there. Amen. Do you receive that this morning? I, I, my goal this morning was to give you some practical advice and teaching on how to be more successful in life. Amen. Amen. You can revise all your New Year's resolutions. It's only the third. <laughs> Amen. Why don't you stand? I just want to pray. You're an amazing congregation. I'm honored. I'm honored to pastor you. Thank you. Thank you for coming, for giving, for sharing, for joining. It's not just the pastors. It's all of us. We are a family. And my desire for you this year is that you would see new things. One word would be more. I don't want to see you sick. I don't want to see you go in lack. I don't want to see you unhappy. 
I don't want to see you dissatisfied unless it's a dissatisfaction of the Holy Spirit. I want to see you so excited Sunday after Sunday that I actually have to say, we've had enough, it's time to go. I want to have it Sunday morning that we say, well, we can only have two or three people share because it just takes too long if we do it and, 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 and I need to speak sometime. But my goal is, is, is for the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, to impact you in every area of your life. And I don't care if, if you can only think of a natural area. That's okay. Go for it with the Holy Spirit with you 100%. And it will become supernatural. So can I pray for you? Stretch forth your hands. Just hit them, God. Just hit them. Lord, let us take the lids off of our thinking. Let's take the ceilings away. And let us see that everything is possible. Lord, I speak breakthrough. I speak release. I speak a moving of the Holy Spirit. Lord, stir every heart. God, that we would hunger and thirst after righteousness. And that would pursue us and we would pursue that and that which we pursue would actually come and overtake us. Lord, I speak that 2016 will be a year of more. And Lord, as a shepherd here this morning, I commit myself before you and before these people to give more and more and more. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Alan, you are a servant. I know there's kids' church, but before kids' church, I want to say something to you. You see things that nobody else notices. And you saw Pastor Brenda, your mother-in-law, but you saw that she was, you weren't sure if she had something. That is awesome. I love that. Thank you. Linda, God wants to touch you. You were on my mind this morning. You've been on my mind a little bit this last little while. God wants to give you a refreshing. He wants to give you um, a peace that passes your understanding that you can't even explain. If you tried, it, you would fail. You would, you would almost get frustrated trying to explain how peaceful you're feeling. And he's going to touch your feelings. Like you're, you're going to actually, it's going to be a sense, uh, it's going to feel like you're floating. God's just going to, he's going to mess with you in a good way.